Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everybody, it's Brian. If you haven't noticed, it is absolutely nuts out there in the housing market. If you don't know exactly what you're doing and you don't have someone that you trust by your side to guide you through the process, good luck getting the home you want or getting the best price for the home you're selling. John Hurlbut at Altitude Homes is a guy I've known for years, over a decade, a friend and someone I trust implicitly. If you are in Pierce, South King, or Thurston counties, there is nobody better to help guide you through the real estate process right now. Go on over to altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkablogger. Now, again, that's altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up to contact John. He will help you with the process, and all referrals will result in a $1,000 donation from John and the Altitude Homes team to Ben's Fund. Everybody wins. Go in there, get your help, get your dream home, get the most money for your home. AltitudeHomesTeam.com slash HawkBlogger. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fans. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out no matter how hard it rains in my city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 235th episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser, and you can find me on Twitter at HawkBlogger. I am here with my buddy Nathan Ernst at NathanE11 on Twitter to talk to you about a Seahawks victory over the Los Angeles Rams. As we've always be, you know, become familiar with seeing, the, the Seahawks beat the Rams every time they play them, no matter what, and this time was no different. Uh, seriously, I found this game somewhere between aggravating and hilarious. Uh, the, <laughs> the part of this game that, that just is inarguably delicious is the way that it ended with DK Metcalf catching a touchdown over Jalen Ramsey to win the game. I don't think you could have scripted something better other than maybe if DK had just been burning Ramsey all day, but I mean, that was just like, that was chef's kiss. That was amazing. And give it up for Geno Smith, 28 for 39, 367 yards passing three touchdowns, one very, very fluky interception, 116.1 passer rating. 
He took a bunch of hits today. There was a time where Drew Locke was warming up on the sideline because he just got blown up into that fumble. And he came back in and he kept throwing and he kept throwing. He had no running game to lean on. He had no running back to lean on. And he just willed this team to a win over a team that frankly seemed seemed a little bit more up for this game than the Seahawks did. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that. If you haven't already, please make sure you take a chance to go to Twitter tag at Evan Hill HB and just let him know how shitty of a coach Sean McVay is and how clearly Pete Carroll has overcome what was always a talent advantage for Sean McVay. And now when the teams were much more even, the better, the better coach won. We know that now. Make sure Evan knows. Evan actually was at this game. I would have, <laughs> I would have been entertained to watch Evan through this game. Uh, enough of me for the time being. Let me bring in Nathan Ernst. Nathan, <laughs> what do you make of this 27-23 Seahawks victory that moves them to 7-5? and five? They they survived. <clears throat> they got through it. They survived it. Um, I don't know uh, that it pretends a lot of great things for the Seahawks team, uh, but it's a dub. Uh, they got the dub, so... Yeah. <laughs> um th- I, yeah, that that's where I am. I, I they 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 got to win. I mean, this team is I think clearly what it is at this point. Um they they are probably going to make the playoffs. They're almost certainly going to get demolished in the playoffs. And that's fine. It'll be fun. It, it's uh it's been an interesting year. Yeah, I, I already see the chat blowing up with all these like all caps takes which have fun. I mean, of course this is a time to do it. And some people are like, ah, this is not a playoff team. And other people like, you know, this this is a big win and, and the Seahawks are going to make the playoffs. Guess what? Both of those things can be true. The Seahawks may not be a playoff quality team, but if you look around the NFC and you look at the schedules that are out there for the rest of the way, there is, I believe, an over 80% chance now. I haven't looked, but I, I think before the game I saw, if the Seahawks won this game, their playoff odds were going to be over 80%. Now, other results like the tie with the Giants and the Commanders may impact that. But still, uh, the odds are in the Seahawks' favor. That said, this Rams team, I tried to explain it to my wife, Nathan. Like She's like, it seems like they're doing okay. And I'm like, you don't understand. This is like, there are college teams that might be able to compete with the level of talent the Rams are running out there on offense this week i mean wolford like an offensive line that has not a single good player on it uh running backs that haven't done anything all year long uh receivers that tutu atwell was like a game-changing player for them brandon powell was a game-changing player for them is that brandon powell it is Brandon Powell, yeah. Oh, I was—I thought it was Bilal Powell, and I was like, if you told me he was out of the league four years ago, I would have believed you. Which, so I probably would have been right. But okay, yeah, I it, it that is a woefully bad offensive team, and for the first quarter, the Seahawks looked like they were going to give up 400 yards and like 30 plus points to them. In the end, they end up giving up 23 points, which is 
uh, only the third time all year the Rams have scored more than 20 points. That's how bad this offense has been. That is how bad this defense is. I mean, I don't want to just start by shitting all over the defense. We'll come back to that. But, like, there is nothing to be proud of uh, uh, about giving up 23 points to this offense. Staying in the positive for a second, what did you see? Uh, what, what did you think about what, Gino's game today? I, his numbers are great, obviously. Um, a lot of people are excited that he's gotten the uh, the game-winning drive monkey off of his back, but I, I was never concerned about that. Like, Trayton brought it up in the chat, and I said he had a game-winning drive last week, and they didn't win that game, obviously. But, you know, he led them down and scored with something like five minutes left in that game. Uh, if the defense wasn't ass, I think he would have had a couple more game-winning drives this year. So that that part doesn't mean a lot to me. The pick was fluky, um, but I'm still my my faith in him as like if if they get the number two pick in this draft, um, I am moving. I am not in the point where I would prefer to draft a quarterback, but I'm moving in that direction. Mm. Some of the sacks, which I don't think are totally his fault, but still, um, like the fumble, uh, you know, he tried very hard to throw a pick uh on the second to last drive i think it was when they kicked the field goal um so yeah i mean he, he's he's kind of an interest it's, it's kind of interesting i, I think the turnover worthy plays it'd be, i haven't looked at it in a while I, i'd be interested to see where he ranks on that um some of his turnovers feel fluky and his not turnovers feel fluky too so um i i was actually i'm actually kind of sliding on i know we wanted to stay on the positive stuff right now uh, and, he, and he overall had a good game, but like that's not an impressive defense that he played against. And um, yeah. I don't know. The secondary is not is not bad. They've got some good players in the secondary. I don't think that's a, an awful secondary. And in yes, fact, the Rams Ramsey defense, and, and who else, right? Well, I mean, I, I think um, uh, rap's not awful. I think that um, uh, Troy Hill, did he not play today? I mean, Nick Scott's not bad. I think he's a decent safety. Um, I thought that play by, uh, who was it? Was it Durant that made that play uh, at the end, broke on the ball? That was a pretty sweet play um, when he when Tyler was open. I, I, I think not being able to run the ball against a team that doesn't have Aaron Donald and giving up pass pressure to a team that doesn't have anybody on the defensive line. Well, I guess they had Leonard Floyd, but uh, that was, that was a bigger issue to me. Um, I, I feel differently than you like coverage pressures to you though, or coverage sacks and coverage pressures. Like, and I don't know how much of that belongs to Gino and how much of that belongs to scheme and how much of that belongs to receivers. But like, it felt like there was a lot of slow developing pressure on him. I, I would be interested when you go back, like you watch again. I don't, I didn't get, have that impression in this game. I saw a couple of the sacks were very clearly blitz pickup errors by running backs that were pretty quick pressure. You had Charles cross giving up a very quick, you know, backside pressure. I think the, the fumble one, I think is fair that he held onto that ball uh, a little while. Um, But yeah, I, it's funny, like I, I see this game differently for Gino. I've been the one that's kind of been hard on him the last couple of weeks. I feel like he's he admit starting to really increase his questionable play, uh, questionable throws. 
I thought that his advantage of the line of scrimmage seemed to have disappeared. We weren't seeing the the quick, easy throws, uh, and he wasn't getting us into plays that were advantageous as much. Uh, plus, we were seeing some just boneheaded mistakes like that fumble on the handoff last week. And I thought this was a one of his best games. So we see this one pretty differently and doesn't mean that that one's right or run wrong, but it's just interesting to see the same game and see it, you know, first, first blush. This more than any other game felt like the whole game was on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Defense was awful. Uh, no running game. Pass protection wasn't great. And it just felt like he totally made this happen on his own. And quite honestly, Nathan, I feel like the Seahawks should have lost this game. I think I'll go as far as to say if this was last year and Russ was the quarterback before this year, they would have lost this game. I, I, that, I don't think Russ could have done what we saw Geno do in this game. That's my opinion. But I thought this was a really, really impressive outcome. Um, but, but I mean, beyond Gino, I, I was actually impressed a little bit by guys like DJ Dallas and Marquise Goodwin playing through injury. Um, you know, they didn't do anything spectacular, but that catch by Goodwin was pretty damn key uh, on that final drive. What did you think of the game by Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf? Uh, I thought Lockett played well. Um, I don't know. Like I'm saying, I felt for a while that there are a lot of coverage pressures and I, and I don't know exactly how you divvy up that blame. Um, but I, I felt like that was a thing again today. And I don't know how much of that is on lock. I don't know how much of that is on, on DK. Um, just like getting open or not getting open. Right. So I don't know. There there's I like going back to Gino a little bit. I still think he is going to be a productive quarterback in the league for several years. Like I think how he is playing will work and and whether it's here in Seattle or somewhere else, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. Um, Just for me, generally, I'm starting to wonder if he's really the guy that you want to tie yourself to for the next three or four years. Well, for what it's worth, I want to bring in Jeff Simmons here in a second. I I've already, I I'm, I, no matter what Gino does the rest of the year, I'm not willing to tie ourselves to him forever. Like I I still want the Seahawks to draft a quarterback this year. I am increasingly more comfortable with, and we'll get into this more probably Wednesday, but increasingly comfortable with them getting an extra first round pick next year to potentially go after a, a first round quarterback if they don't hit on a later round quarterback this year. But yeah, uh, to me, the question is more, is it an emergency that you get a young quarterback to start next year? And and this game helped for me on that on that regard, uh, relieve some of the pressure. It sounds like it did the exact opposite for you. Jeff, exact let's exact bring you into here uh, at Real Jeff Simmons on Twitter. Um, what what did you make of Gino's game? I'm sure you've got comments on the overall game, but, but Nathan and I were just talking about Gino and had some different perspectives. Um, some really, really good and some very, very frustrating, like until the last drive to be in Rams scoring position three or four times and only have three or six points. It's And some of the turnovers were just alarming plays, but I think Gino just when they needed him at the end of the game, you saw like converting the third and 10 and then the red zone pass. So you see a lot of good and you see it's sort of adding to what we've kind of seen the last few weeks where, where there's been a lot of good 
but there's still been sort of the old Geno and there's been bad and there's been turnover. Even when like the drive before where they're driving the game, it's third and 10. I think they throw, then again, a field goal there and they throw to the corner of the end zone. Like that was an awful, awful decision. But again, Geno, the one thing we haven't seen this year is do that game winning drive. And that for me, that's a, that's a, that's a cool thing for him. But again, it's, there's a lot of good and there's still a little things that leave you wondering. And I understand why you guys are coming out with the perspective you guys are. Yeah. So, so I'm going to run through some things that I thought were good. Uh, and Jeff, then I'll hand it over to you for your general comments. A couple things. things. Uh, one, Tyler Lockett goes nine catches, 128 yards, one touchdown, nine catches and 12 targets. DK Metcalf goes eight catches and eight targets, eight catches and eight targets. That's, I'm going to look that up, but I would bet you that is the highest catch rate on eight plus targets in DK Metcalf's career or seven plus, maybe even five plus. This is not a guy that's been a high catch rate guy goes eight for eight in this game with one touchdown, including the game winner. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and guarantee it's the highest he's ever had. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good, <laughs> a little harder to go, to, to go higher. I, Oh, I'm just saying, even if it was five targets, like, sure. uh, I, I, I don't think this guy has had that kind of, that kind of game before. Um, I thought Noah Fant four catches, five targets, 42 yards and a touchdown. I thought his catch on the final drive was pretty damn key too. And I thought he's going to drop it. It wasn't the easiest catch, <laughs> but like it, it just, he reached down, he made the catch, um, as a guy that's been critical of him. I thought he played well. I think you got to bring up Tariq Woolen. I mean, gets the pick. They, they never look tough with him. It's not, it's like, ah, that was a terrible throw. But he just kind of covers so much ground and covers so much space that he just makes it hard to complete. He gave up one big completion. But then at the end, I mean, that break on the ball and pass breakup he had there, he's, he's special. Uh, he's just – he's a special player. That was fun to watch. Um you know, Chen and Uosu had a couple plays in this game. Um, worth bringing that up. Um, yeah, 12 catches and 13 targets is not the same. <laughs> Sorry. I'll take 12 uh, on 13 over 8 for 8. I'm just saying, I don't think he's ever had that high of a rate with that many with that many uh, targets or, or close. But it, it is that is a that is a worthwhile game to bring up. I give you that. Um I thought Trey Brown looked good in this game. Um, I thought he made one play that was a pass interference. It was a legit call. But his break on the ball there was better than any break we've seen from Mike Jackson in at least a few weeks. So I, I was happy to see that. That's probably as far as I can go <laughs> with, with things that were good. Uh, Jeff, what about you? What, what stood out to you in this game? Um, well, I think just the perspective of – I don't know if – I know, Brian, I know you were just watching Denver – into watching Seattle and it's still remarkable to me even if we can complain about Gino just how much better Gino is playing than Russell right now I don't want to make it into that but just watching it's eye-opening watching that Russell scored six points of offense today and Gino just like we can complain about Gino it's he is playing at a remarkably higher level um offensively yeah the receivers were really really good today I thought I thought Goodwin made a couple a big catch as well and defensively like Tariq Woolen I know Nuosu made a couple splash plays but he was kind of all over the place when they were going with those play action rollouts and they were trying to they were really taking advantage of our edge play all game and how aggressive we were trying to be and 
defensively, like, yeah, Trey Brown made a couple nice plays. And I think the, the clock's starting to tick for Mike Jackson in terms of like, he's a capable filler, but he's not a starting caliber player. If we want to take the next level, I think Ryan Neal sort of getting to that level and just it's defensively. There's just, it's hard to find a lot of positive. They are hard to watch right now. It's, it's pretty demoralizing watching them every series. Okay. I need to ask you both two questions. You can't look at numbers. If you have, if you have then you have to bow out. How many rushing yards did the Rams have today? 69. Huh? 69. 69. Jeff. No, I remember they flashed it during the game at one point. And I remember being caught off guard. It was like 169. It's 171. Damn. Yeah, they flashed something. I appreciate you guessing low, Nathan. Not one of those guys that guesses 250 yards just to, to make it. Uh, 171 yards to uh, that team. That's right. How much of that? What was like the first half, second half breakdown? Because at least like it felt like a lot of those came in the first half and then they got a little better in the second half. It was, they had a, quite a few in the second half, but they weren't from the running back. No, it was a lot of those end arounds. Yeah, oh and, yeah, yeah, okay. And like Walford runs and yeah, the Perkins run in there. Yeah. Uh, do do either of you think that Tutu Atwell played better in this game than we've ever seen D. Eskridge play? I was waiting for that. No, I don't think. No, so. you think no. D. Eskridge has played as good or better than we saw Tutu Atwell in this game? Yeah. Now he's really? never over a whole game. Yeah. No. No, because because Eskridge can't stay healthy. But like, <clears throat> I mean, look at that team. They, they they are down to like very little on receiver, and he is just now getting highlighted. Like, oh, if if I don't think that's the point. You you necessarily that that really helps D. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, the fact that Atwell's that far down and still is outperforming Eskridge. No, but I, my point is like he's only getting all of this volume. Because they don't have anybody else. Sure. Well, it's not like he has earned this time over Alan Robinson no. or something like that. 100% agree. Now, he's available. And that's a hell of a lot more than D's ever been. So, like, from that perspective, yeah, I mean. That's you, fascinating. You to... I felt like the catch he made over the middle was better than any play we've seen uh, Eskridge make in his career. I thought that, that his good. his end arounds, his jet sweeps, were better than any of the jet sweeps we've seen from no, Eskridge. No, I would, I would absolutely very much disagree with you d is a much better runner with the ball in hands atwell looks like a guy his size running with the ball d does not look like a small receiver running the ball when he's got wow the wow we're seeing a lot of things differently that's good that makes well i want to go back to the dino thing because somebody else was saying oh you know hawk bloggers complaining in the chat and i like that when i say things everyone's just like hawk blogger hawk blogger <laughs> uh that's that's great cover for me um i don't think gino played bad today i think he played a good game I think he's going. I think what he is doing is reproducible, and he will continue to be a good quarterback in the league for at least a few more years. My only thing is, over the past few weeks, like if the question is, are you going to give this guy like four years, 35, 40? Like, I was people were giving me crap in my mentions last week because I ran a poll about give, where the biggest contract option was the Tannehill contract, and people said that there's no way he'd accept the Tannehill contract. So my comments are just in the context of, is this your next franchise quarterback? And from that perspective, I'm I'm coming back a little bit. I think Gino is a good quarterback who played well today and will continue to play well. 
that's yeah it doesn't sound like we're actually that far off yeah. i've already kind of come to the conclusion he is not I, I would be comfortable with like even the we've been talking about the non-guaranteed franchise i don't know if i'd even make that offer to him necessarily like really uh, a transition tag transition tag offer you just get to match it um i would potentially consider that um i disagree i disagree with that i think that's insane Gino's a top five quarterback in the NFL right now. I, I mean, yes, I, I'm not saying like I want. Not even them. do it one like year. It, I think it's, I think it's only like a few million difference, and if that's the case, then you know I don't. Yeah, and one guarantees you picks if they get it. Yeah, of course, of course. If there's a if there's a five million dollar difference, eight million dollar difference, maybe. But, like, but I, don't, I just don't well, know. I don't know if if we'll see how his he ends the year before this week. I don't. I don't know that anyone was going to come up to 30 million a year for Gino um, before this week, but we'll see. We'll see. Jeff, uh, you brought up one of the other pieces of good news for the day that had nothing to do with this game. Uh, I assume you watched the Broncos game, right? Yeah. Or at least you watched the outcome. No, I watched the whole game. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. What was your highest level of joy today? When the Broncos lost or when the Seahawks won? Oh, it wasn't even close. When the Broncos won. It was... <laughs> Broncos lost? And when the Broncos lost. When Hundley scored that touchdown and then they missed the... When they missed the field goal, I was going nuts. There wasn't one point in the Seahawks game where I got even like remotely excited. That game was like three hours at the dentist office. It felt like just watching them play defense. And then I know, they almost blew the game at the end. I, even when they scored at the end, I didn't... I wasn't even that excited. I was... Kind of like, okay, they won, sure. But Denver, like, they should have won that game. That win, the win percentage had to be in the 90s. And when Huntley had that drive, and I'm texting you, and we're, we're, I was going pretty crazy because they blew two chances to score earlier in the game. And yeah, it was by far Denver. Nathan, uh, same question to you. Were you, were you. Are you are you like super invested in this pick that we're getting from the Broncos? Is that like on your mind each weekend? It's not. Um, I I think at this point it's pretty locked in to be a top five pick. Um, so I, I'm not worrying about it too much at this point. So yeah, I'm I I was a very good boy today, and I cared more about the Seahawks win than the Broncos <laughs> loss. Also, I threw out in the chat in the in the group chat that it fe- I felt like the Broncos might beat the Ravens, so I had a little bit yeah. of a prior on that one. So if they had come ah. through, I was I had the I told you so is ready for you. So and oh. you're right; they should have won. But wait, now then you're not a good boy because then you're actually putting yourself above the Seahawks pick. You're no, prior. no, I rooted for the Seahawks. That's all that matters. Go Hawks. <laughs> I don't know, man. That was, for people that don't know anything about that game, uh, the Broncos led pretty much the whole game. Lamar Jackson got hurt in what, like the first quarter, I think, Jeff? Out the whole game. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Huntley, is it Tyler Huntley? I think it is. Um, Was in there as backup. (laughs) The Broncos managed to put up nine points. The Ravens drove a couple times through one pick. And then they did some trick play through another pick in the end zone. It was, they got the ball at their own like eight yard line. They had a fourth down on their own, like deep in their own side of the field and drove it the whole field, scored a touchdown. I think they had multiple fourth downs on that drive that yeah. they converted. <laughs> they scored a touchdown. 
Then the Broncos get it back with 30 seconds. Russ manages to scramble and complete a pass and scramble and puts him in range where McManus could have kicked. I think it was a 63 yarder. The guy's got a big leg and it was dead on, but it came up short. And so that was huge. That was huge because the bears blew their game today. Um, That was a big deal and could have helped the Seahawks pick ends up Broncos do their job. They lose. And now they play the chiefs, I believe next week. So they've got two more games, two games against the chiefs. They're going to have home against the Cardinals. They're going to play at the Rams, I believe. Um, And then I think they play the chargers. So like, this was a big one, big one. If you care about getting one of those, you know, top three pick kind of things, top five, I agree with Nathan looks pretty good, but you know, Seahawks have a chance to get the third, maybe the second pick. Um, and, and if you care about that, this was a good day for, for Seahawks fans in that regard. All right. Um, guys, I mean, part of the reason this game was hard for me is I I'm just looking at the Seahawks defense and I'm like, does it really matter? Like whatever they do the rest of the year, like what, what matters? And like the only thing that matters to me at this point would be to see the offensive line, actually figure out how to run block, figure out how to like, you know, get a little solid there. See if Gino can keep it up. Um, you know, I'd love to see Kenneth Walker get healthy. He was hurt in this game. Um, don't know if he's going to come back. I'd love to him to get offensive rookie of the year, but that's flipping away. What 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 is like on your mind for the Seahawks the rest of the year? Tariq Woolen, defensive player of the year. Why are we not banging the drum on this more as Seahawks fans? Like, defensive player of the year or defensive rookie defensive of the year? Player, not rookie, player of the year. He leads the league in interceptions. Like, I get it. It's probably a long shot. Like, there's name recognition and all kinds of other stuff. But I'm just saying that we as Seahawks fans are failing that we are not being completely obnoxious about this. Everyone needs to be doing Tariq Wool and hashtag deploy. Like, there's no reason not to bang this drum more because he's leading the league in interceptions. Like, and he's legitimately, I mean, extremely good. I, I probably don't need to sell anybody listening to this on how good Tariq Woolen is. But, like, that matters to me a lot. Like, I think we should be trying to... I mean, defensive rookie of the year feels like a lock. And then like, what more can he get there? That's a good one. Jeff, what about you? What are you paying attention to on the Seahawks rest of the year? Um, It's all about who the key guys are moving forward. And Brian, I'm sort of with you. Like I've kind of seen enough. I I know what this team is now. The patterns are clear. So a lot is, I guess, seeing who's going to be moving forward. So someone like Trey Brown. Like, I want to see Trey Brown start and get more snaps. Uh, Gino, obviously, every game is an important data point. And today we saw him do something he hasn't really done all year, which was lead a game-winning drive with two minutes to go. Um, if Offensive line, like we know who the key guys are, but what happens with Phil Haynes? What happens with Austin Blythe's plays really regressed? So it's a lot of the guys, like, who leads into players for next year? Who can play? Like, is Daryl Taylor going to do anything? He, he had to keep – should have got a penalty on a key play, but still not seeing much there. And it's just focusing on that because at best this team is a seven seed because of a watered down conference. And they probably lose in the first round because they can't even play defense against John Walford and this Rams team. So it's all about who can play, who the key guys are next year and what they can contribute. 
So uh, those are two good ones. I, I think a couple bits of news that we should talk through. Uh, I assume the, the 49ers won. Uh, assume that game's final by now. Yeah. Um, they beat the Dolphins. And they did it without their starting quarterback. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down early in the first quarter after I think maybe three or four passes um, with an ankle injury and did not return. And he was carted off. Uh, someone named Purdy. Brock Purdy. Iowa State legend, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. And the Niners won. Uh, they beat a good team. Now, granted, they did it at home, but they did it, and they beat them pretty bad, 33-17. Man, the score is not reflective of what the game was. It was Same a lot more. of garbage time. It was 23-17, I think, with two minutes left in the game. Yep. So it was a really close game. and Miami had like a fourth and two that they they were like similar to like the DK catch of last week. Like it got called for it, and they reverted back, and – they threw an interception in the red zone. Like it was a really, really close game. And then at the end, they were playing, trying to chase points once they went up nine and two through a pick six. And then uh, the backup quarterback came and he threw another pick. So the score looks a little one sided, but it was a really close one score game. But San Francisco's defense won the game essentially. And Tyreek Hill broke through for a big touchdown, but their offense was still able to do okay with this Purdy character that Nathan and Derek knew. So I was impressed. But yeah. Purdy yeah, was 25 of 37 for 210 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. Yeah, he looked like Jimmy Garoppolo. Rating. What's that? He looked like Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not a hard uh, act to follow. Yeah. How much do you think it matters if Jimmy's out for an extended period? And initially, I would have thought a lot, but they, they ran their offense pretty smoothly once Purdy came in and the things they're asking him to do is not that difficult. It's why Jimmy's had probably a really good year there. It's just with McCaffrey, the dump offs there and they can run the ball and play defense. They don't ask a lot out of their quarterback, which is why I think he was able to smoothly slide into that spot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, my sense is it's not going to make that big of a difference. My initial thought was like, Oh, this could actually change the math for the, the division. And then I saw no. the Seahawks play defense. <laughs> and then I saw <laughs> the 49ers still beat a good team. You're totally right, Jeff. It was close all the way. But that in of itself says something. Like Miami's offense has been really, really good this year. Tua is by far and away been the best quarterback from any like metric standpoint you look at. And they they beat him today. Um, and to some extent, I just wonder if it makes life more straightforward for the 49ers. Like they get even more clear about their identity and just pounding the ball and, you know, little easy dump off passes. Um, I do wonder if it affects if he's out for the season, which I doubt he will be. If he is out for the season, I do think it puts more of a ceiling on what they can do in the playoffs. Um, it's probably the biggest impact. I don't know how much of an impact it would have on their win loss record the rest of the way. In other divisional quarterback news, uh, I think it was it came out today that Matt Stafford has a spinal cord contusion, um, which is basically a bruise on his spinal cord. Um, who knows what that means for his future, but uh, feels like something that 
if I had a spinal cord contusion, I would seriously consider my uh, football uh, career future. Yeah. Um, well, good good wishes to him. That's very yeah. tough. Um, anytime you're talking spinal injury, you know, you got to take that super seriously. And the Rams doing the right thing by shutting him down. They have nothing on the line the rest of this year. And uh, I don't know anything about that kind of injury. Hopefully it is something that heals up in time and there's no other side effects from it. But that's a uh, that's pretty scary. Um, it does look like we got some injury news on uh, Mr. Walker K9. Um, Bob Condotta tweeted out that Pete Carroll says Walker quote jammed his ankle, but doesn't know yet what that means. So oh, hold on. Jimmy Garoppolo is done for the season. Whoa. Apparently he broke his foot and is done for the season. Whoa. That is. Yep. Are you did, yeah. did either of you see the injury? Because this has me freaked out about Walker now. <laughs> he's like, well, ankle got, like his ankle injury. got twisted up. Yeah. Like uh, Garoppolo had a guy land on his ankle gotcha. while he was like twisted under the under it. So it was a pretty, pretty bad looking injury. Uh, Kenneth Walker just he heard it kind of afterwards. Like he stepped funny and seemed to catch the turf or something. Um so I don't, who knows, but it, it, it didn't look, it certainly didn't look like a season ending kind of thing. Um, no. I thought it was going to be a foot injury. They called it an ankle. Sorry, Jeff. You look like you got more news. No, no. Just Kyle Shanahan said broken foot. He's not supposed to play the rest of the year. Wow. How many teams lose two quarterbacks for the year? Doesn't happen that often, right? No. There's a lot of injuries today. Lamar got hurt. Trevor Lawrence got hurt. Okay, I know this is a Seahawks post game show, but this is so critical for the Seahawks. What do you do if you're the 49ers next year? Like the whole reason there, there news came out today that they're they're actually open to having Jimmy come back next year, but it was kind of contingent on how the rest of the year went. I think wink wink, if they win a Super Bowl or they go far in the playoffs, then we're not gonna send the guy packing. Now they won't know. What do you do? <laughs> they're kind of fucked they're kind of fucked unless Brock Purdy comes in he becomes like a capable <laughs> le- hedge for Lance but don't you thing. put that out in the universe Jeff I know don't I'm just saying that. these guys their whole thing was Jimmy was going to hedge Lance because Lance is we haven't seen anything yet to know that he's the guy he's coming off major injury a big data point for Jimmy we've seen what he's done in the past in the playoffs where he's been really limiting now we don't get to see the playoffs where he's really improved this year, Jimmy. He's played the best ball of his career. And they looked like the team that was going to come out of the NFC. I would have said that going into today. And now without Jimmy, I think they're – like you just said, I think their ceiling's shot now a little bit. I think they're still a good team, but I don't know if they can win the NFC with Brock Purdy. And I think that's a huge issue for where they're at long term. They lose key information that I think really would have de- determined Jimmy's future there. Then what do you do if you're the four miners? Do you have a clear point of view or is it, is it hard to say?
Is Nathan still with us, or did he uh, did he pause? We might have lost Nathan. Um, Do you guys I look at the 49ers remaining. Go ahead. How was that Bobby Wagner play ruled an interception? All right. So I know people are pissed about that, and normally I'd be up in arms, but I don't care. I'm people are pissed at me for even yeah. feeling this way. But what I saw was uh, Jones, who caught the ball, never totally completed the catch. Like, he caught oh, okay. it, he went to the ground, but it was moving around. And if that, let's say Bobby wasn't involved with that play at all. Mm-hmm. If Tony Jones catches the ball the same way he did, and it moves around the same way it did when he hit the ground, and then it hit the turf after that, they would have ruled no catch. So he didn't control it through the ground. I hate this rule as much as anybody else, but as far as I understand, like that made sense to me. And the fact that he didn't control it and then Bobby ended up with it. I I could see it. I didn't love it. I just thought it was me. <laughs> it, with was, it was pretty annoying, but yeah. I I I could see it. I could see it. Um, just looking at the 49ers, because like, look, the division becomes at least a conversation with that situation. We don't like this is the first week any defense like Miami had no idea that Jimmy G is going to be out. So they had to prepare differently. Now everyone's going to be preparing for Bryce Purdy. They're going to put everybody to commit to the line of scrimmage. Um, They go, they play the Bucks from here. Then they go on short week to play the Seahawks on Thursday night. Then the commanders come to San Francisco. The commanders have become a pretty damn good team. Then they go to the Raiders, and the Raiders, by the way, won again today. They beat the Chargers. They're playing better, as we know. And then they finish up with the Cardinals at home. So that – I thought the 49ers had a pretty cake finish to the year. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I might be able to talk myself – depending on what happens with the Bucks. I might be able to talk myself into the, the, the division might be open again. You know, it's funny because uh, like Evan gets so much crap for like his wild emotional swings. You know, one minute he'll tweet out "fire Pete Carroll," and the next minute he'll tweet out "on the table." Uh, and uh, you know, you uh, I think sneakily you have sneaky emotional swings too. Like you will from one minute go to like the only thing I care about is if the Broncos lose to, well, you know, the, they, they could win the division. (laughs) First of all, I will not deny any of that. I am like as emotional, if not more emotional than any Seahawks fan out there. The reason I write a morning after column instead of a recap right after is because I cannot be objective right after Seahawks game. There's no way I need to have a night's sleep, but the, the key difference here, Nathan, is the 49ers are involved. If there is any way to have 49er misery coupled with, like, I don't believe the Seahawks are any better than I did five minutes ago. That has not changed. But if the 49ers can come back to us a little bit and the Seahawks could find a way to, like, they have a much easier finishing schedule than the 49ers, for sure, then... Maybe something silly happens and I am here for that. Like I would, if I could be like on one side lapping up Broncos tears and on the other side, be lapping up 49ers tears, that would be just a few notches below the Super Bowl victory. Like that would just be 
that would be deeply, deeply rewarding for me as a very petty person. Oh, I'm rooting for it. Just, just for you, just, just for your happiness. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate uh, I, that. All right. I think Nathan, I think Nathan nailed something. I, I did not know that Brian had that Evan side to him because we're now texting during these Broncos games and the swings are like, you should have seen the stuff he was saying before Baltimore <laughs> broke down the field. There was talking about like Evan blowing up the city of Baltimore. And, <laughs> Those are private texts, Jeff. Those aren't for public <laughs> public sharing. I know that's the only one I'll say, but yeah, uh, Brian's low key. Brian's low key emotion, like wild emotional swings. I don't he's so calm on the show, other than after the Tampa game. But every week, See, I won't divulge any state secrets. But it, it's tense in the group chat when the Broncos are playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Uh, Football for me, especially, is like it's always been the place where you just like let it all let it all go. And in fact, I've had to rein it in over the years because I let it go way too much and <laughs> wasn't always proud of how I handled myself. But uh, I do like letting you know ride in the wave back and forth. Um, I just had to have to stay away from Twitter and saying anything publicly that I won't. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to put out there for the world, but. I'm not going to take anything back. I just said about loving every minute of 49er and Bronco misery, like bring it all to me. I will, I will happily always take it. So, um, all right, boys, any other news to break? Uh, I see Jen Maz is saying that you haven't seen the paper bag. Yeah. Honestly, like there hasn't been a paper bag moment. If they had lost to the Rams, it would have been worthy of that. But I, (laughs) I have not thrown my putter since I was a teenager for, for what it's worth. But when I did, I threw it a long way <laughs> over a fence onto a street. Oh like, no. I was a big, big putter thrower back then, but not no longer. Um, anyway. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was saying. Oh yeah. So we're going to to have to gather the crew this Wednesday for what's going to be a pretty critical conversation about what's going on with the Seahawks, what we expect to happen. Their next game is anybody Panthers. Yes. Carolina Panthers at home, Sam Darnold and the, the world beaters, and then a quick turnaround against the 49ers. So I think, I think you could argue the next two games, which is going to be a week from Thursday, two games will be played within, you know, will be played within four days, Sunday to Thursday. And how the 49ers do against the Bucks, how the Seahawks do against the Panthers, and then how they do against each other will pretty much decide the division. Um, I think that's pretty safe to say at this point. Um, any closing thoughts from either of you guys? Jeff, start with you. Um, I'm just hoping the defense could get markedly better. Just something. It's been so painful to watch the defense the last th- two weeks, even three weeks. It's just give us something to be excited about. I know Tariq did a couple things, but Carolina, like we just played a bunch of backups and they were still embarrassing on defense. So cool to see Gino, but man, like I need to see something on defense before I can like talk about winning a division. So please, we got Sam Darnold coming up at home. Let's, Let's try to do something. Get off the field. Stop the run. Please. 
Tariqul and Defensive Player of the Year. I want to see y'all in every national reporter's mentions yelling at them about why they don't have Tariq Woolen in their Defensive Player of the Year ranking or why he's not at the top. I love that. I also expect uh, you've already ordered your Tony Jones jersey. Um, every new Seahawks running back immediately results in a new jersey purchase for, for Nathan Ernst. Every fifth string running back that comes in and plays as well as the uh, starter, I buy their uh, jersey immediately. Are, 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 are we like looking at a Robert Turbin signing? Is, is he going to be back for the Seahawks now? Is, We're is getting Marshawn and a walker. <laughs> oh boy yes all right everybody well thank you all for tuning in if you haven't already give the show a like go over to hawkblogger.com check out uh morning after column will be up tomorrow go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and sign up get access to hundreds of people in the slack channel talking seahawks all the time and mariners by the way and it's a safe place to be a lot of fun a lot of people informing each other and keeping it lighthearted. So a good alternative to Twitter, as we know, don't know what's going to happen next with Twitter. So it's a good place to be. Patreon.com slash Hawkblogger. Yes, Tariq Woolen hashtag DPOY is already trending in this chat. Time to get that trending elsewhere. Take care, everybody. Your Seahawks managing to stay in it and and our Broncos managing to stay out of it. Good stuff. Take care.